devastation. Uh, we talked about this in Sunday school, James did not too long ago, but the idea of marrying um, believer with non-believer brings problems. It's going to bring a lot of problems, actually. Um, the Bible teaches us not to be unequally yoked together, uh, but when we do, when we disobey God, there's going to be problems, and there always will be. And it's interesting here in the first four verses, just the, the terminology that's used, and I want to make sure when I use some terms today that I don't get mistaken for saying something that I don't mean. First of all, I believe the Bible to be true in all aspects. Nothing about the Bible is wrong. I believe that God's uh, inspired uh, words are true and there is no fault in them. Uh, but I will say this, I sometimes question the English translators for the words they chose, just understanding that there were going to be simple people <laughs> reading, reading it. Um, but there's not a mistake I clarify that. I'm just saying there are times where uh, I'm, I'm curious of how they chose this English word to translate what was in the original languages. All right, that being said, let's look into these four, four verses. In verse number two, it says, The sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all they chose. I believe this to be the descendants of Seth and the descendants of Cain. The sons of God is the descendants of Seth, those who God is using uh, in the lineage to eventually bring Christ into this earth as a, as a human being. And so the sons of God is the lineage of Seth versus the daughters of men, uh, which are the daughters or the children of Cain. Cain is a cursed lineage. Seth is a blessed lineage. And so when you see the idea of unequally yoked here, we see it all throughout the Old Testament, right? It was as the children of Israel go in to the promised land, God says, destroy them all. Anybody that's there, get rid of them. Well, they don't. They end up starting to marry in there. People who uh, believe God and follow God with people who don't believe God. And they intermingle and then it causes all kinds of issues with that as well. But here the sons of God and the daughters of men is the lineage of Seth and the lineage of Cain. They begin to, to marry. Now again, and I don't know that I can explain this in the best way possible, we look at that and we go, wait a second, they're related. Well, yeah, Adam and Eve, the first two, two people on the earth, had sons and daughters, and, and then there were only so many people on the earth. Okay, Now, today, and, and rightfully so, that would be very strange and very odd, and I'm not arguing with you about that. But there was a change of time, and I, and I, don't, I haven't studied that through all the way yet and, and can't give you all the details today. But there was a time where it wasn't, it wasn't wrong, and it wasn't weird, and it didn't cause malformed children and issues and things like it would today. Okay, but you got to understand the situation versus now. Okay, there's that's changed over time. The same thing would happen at the end of of the of, of this flood, right? When all you have is Noah's family. Uh, there's only so many people on the earth, and God provided a way for it. But that being said, we see this intermingling of what we would consider to be believers and non-believers, uh, a blessed lineage and a cursed lineage here, and they should not have been this intermingling, but there was. And then in verse number four, it says, there were giants in the earth of those days. And here's where my question is, because if you look up the Hebrew word here for giants, it's not tall people, all right? This is literally uh, meaning bullies and tyrants. It is... Um, uh, um, personality strong, personality giants, uh, where they just were uh, go-getters, I guess, to a degree, and they just kind of pushed their way on people. 
And so they began to kind of overtake it. Uh, I wrote down in my notes, uh, it's not that they were giants, but it's that they were a giant pain. Um, so you can take that or leave it. But um, nonetheless, these people now were kind of, that's, that was what was influencing the world at this point. And so when God looks down on it in verse 5, and he says that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And I think it starts with the, the unequally yoked, which is a, a warning for us. But he says that it's, it, the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every, this is the words that God chooses to use. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Every, only, continually. That's a problem. He looked down the earth and he said, everybody, all they're thinking about is evil. Their hearts are evil, their minds are evil, their actions are evil, and it's all the time as well. And so he says, I'm going to destroy. I'm going to destroy not only mankind, I'm going to destroy my creation. I'm going to destroy all the beasts, all the birds. He says, I'm going to get rid of everything. And then it says in verse number 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is not the only time in Scripture that God looked down somewhere and said, I'm going to destroy it and he spared someone out of it. And it's a reminder to me that God looks down and he knows the righteous. And by the righteous, understand, I'm not saying the perfect and all that kind of stuff, but he knows your heart. He sees you doing right. He protects those who do right. He looked down at the world, and the world was evil, but Noah, and I believe his family, did right. And he says, I look down and I see Noah there, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So number one, unequally yoked leads to devastation. Number two, ungodly behavior leads to devastation, verses 5 through 7, where God looks down and says, everybody's thinking evil, everybody's doing evil, I'm going to destroy the earth. Number three, ungodly behavior, excuse me, unworldly behavior leads to blessings. And we kind of talked about that this morning. Unworldly behavior leads to blessings. Verse number eight, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse number 18, but uh, with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. We see the blessings of Noah, and listen, you cannot read scripture and not see where Noah did right. Noah was not perfect. Noah ended his life not well. Noah was not perfect, but Noah stood out in a world of wicked. And more importantly than standing out to the people around him, I would argue he stood out to God. I think that means he stood out to the people around him too. But God looked down and he said, Noah, I see you. And I think it's the same that's true for us today. If we use unworldly behavior, I was trying to make it all fit in the outline. Unworldly behavior, godly behavior comes with blessings. And God looked down on a world that was wicked and he said, Noah, you and your family I will spare. Why? Because Noah did right. Because Noah did right. And God looked down and he saw Noah, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God spared Noah and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and all their wives, all four of their wives. And God brought them onto the ark with two of every kind, and we'll look at that in a second, and, and spared them all. Um, unworldly behavior leads to blessings. And then I gave up on my un starts to the points because I couldn't think of any more. Um, well, I could, but anyways. Number four, faith is proven by action. Your faith is proved by your actions. James talks about this, the book of James, not James, but James, the book of the Bible. Well, James talks about it too, but uh, James, the Bible talks about this 
as well, that your faith is proven by your actions. Look in verse 22 of chapter 6. It says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. What did God command him? He gave him the instructions for the ark. He told him how long to cut the boards. He told him what glue to use, what screws to use, what nails to use. I, I'm Okay, I'm playing around a little bit, but... Uh, he gave him the dimensions. He told him what, what product to use, what kind of wood to use. Think about this for a second. My understanding is there aren't boats at this point in creation. And so if you say, all right, go build a boat, there's a potential that Noah doesn't know what kind of wood floats best. Potential. He might. Might have floated. They might have had boat races, not boat races, stick races down the river. I don't know. Uh, again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm trying to stay away from all the uh, stuff that we joke about or talk about in kids' class that aren't necessarily in the Bible, so I apologize. But uh, he was given instructions because Noah didn't know how. Noah didn't know what to build, how big to build it. I, Noah probably didn't understand the significance to a full degree yet of what this, this boat, this ark was going to be. You think about it for a second. He's about to bring two of every animal onto the boat with him. I mean, how many animals are there? There's a bunch. And back then, there was probably more than what we have now. And so there's this uh, design given, and Noah builds according to the design. Noah, we don't see where Noah questions God. It's not given for us in Scripture anywhere where Noah goes, wait a second, what? When God began to lay on my heart to start a church, my first response was, eh. <laughs> we don't see that from Noah. And it's not recorded for us in Scripture where Noah went, eh. But what we do know is what is told to us in verse 22, that Noah did what God commanded all the way. He didn't leave anything out. Everything that God commanded, Noah did. And he built, and he put things together, and he built this ark and his faith was proved by his actions. Um, by, and, and, the, and it's recorded for us in Hebrews 11, too, that, that he was listed by God as someone of great faith. And we can see it and prove through the actions that he did. If you have faith in God, it's going to be proved by your actions. Understand, though, that the boat is not what brought safety. God is what brought safety. God's presence is what brings the safety. Look in verse chapter 7, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thou, thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Interesting use of the word, and this is not an English choice by the translator. This is God's choice of this word, come. God didn't say, all right, Noah, go in the ark. He used the word come in the ark. A reminder of God's presence. A reminder that Noah wasn't going into the ark, him and his family, to be shut up for 40 days and God would come back and visit them at the end of the 40 days. God was going to be there. God was there. God was a part of it. He didn't say go into the ark. He said come. Come thou and all thy house into the ark. And again he says he's a blessing. I've seen righteous before me in the, this generation. So he talks about this, this righteousness. Look in verse 21. Chapter 7 verse 21. Um, and all the flesh, this is talking about the flood happens, and all the flesh died that moved upon the earth, both fowl uh, of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died. 
And every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed upon the earth an hundred and fifty days. You see the blessings that came with obedience. There was devastation. There was destruction. Everything on dry land, everything that breathed through nostrils, died unless it was on the ark. Humans, animals, again, it doesn't mention the fish here because fish, you know, they can swim. Um, but everything that was on the dry land died. The birds, which again, I just kind of scratched my head and go, well, couldn't they just land it on the outside of the ark? Um, but they didn't apparently, So, uh, except for the two of each kind that were brought on. And so we see this, this, this utter destruction, this other uh, uh, um, uh, uh, wiping out. But where the presence of God was, there was safety. And the presence of God was on that ark. And everything on that ark survived. You think nowadays, you hear stories even of, of ships, those early... Uh, adventures on ships across the oceans and the amount of people that just died on the journey from Europe over to the Americas because of the disease and just the unhealthy, unsanitized areas on these boats. Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve, Noah and his wife and his sons and his daughter-in-laws were on a boat full of animals and they survived. All the animals survived. Um, have you ever seen, um, well, we haven't, animals in close quarters that aren't north, used to being in close quarters doesn't usually go too well. Um, you see we, uh, storm, waves, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, one weak animal falls and hits their head and they're gone. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. None of that happened. Where the presence of God is, is great security and great safety. And God was on that ark and everything that was on that ark survived. God's presence brings safety. Um, here's a fun topic that we won't dive deep into, but look at chapter 8 and verse 22, where the Bible refutes global warming. It says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Until God destroys this world, evaporates this world, gets rid of this earth, um, the seasons will continue, uh, the cold and hot will continue, it will carry on. Uh, so there you go, there's a verse for you we won't spend much time on this morning. Uh, but it's interesting, you can go through and read in chapter 6 all of the instructions to the ark. It goes back to creation where God is very detail-oriented. God doesn't just say, do what you want. No, God has a plan. And He gives you the plan of success. He does it in every area of life. He does it as in marriage, He gives a plan for success. As a child uh, uh, to a parent, he gives you a plan to success. As a parent to a child, he gives you a plan to success. As a citizen in a country, he gives you a plan to success. As an employee or as an employer, he gives you a plan to success. As a human being, he gives you a plan to success. That's how God works. He's not a random God. And uh, he puts everything in detail for us to kind of guide us along the way. Noah obeyed it. And so when the, the heavens opened, when the earth flooded, when the earth came up, you can read about the flood in chapter 7, uh, where all the water comes. Uh, God, in verse number 7, it says that Noah went in and his sons and his wives and his sons' sons, 
and is, uh, um, I'm getting it mixed up here. But anyways, because of the water of the flood, verse 8, of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean, and of the fowls and everything that creepeth upon the earth, there went in two and two unto Noah in the ark. Now hear me on this. This is biblical. They went in male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. Why? Because the whole uh, uh, species is wiped out if they go in male and male. The whole species is wiped out if they go in female and female. God intended, we can see it in multiple places in Scripture, that male and female were created for a purpose. And you cannot go against God's purpose and find success. It will not happen. God knew what He was doing. He knew the earth was going to have to be replenished. Uh, so He brings in a male and female of every species. And they come in... And when the flood ends, um, he sends out, Noah sends out a raven, and he sends out a dove. Is that right? Thank you. Um, I don't want to mess up again. Um, <laughs> but uh, he sends them out, and uh, eventually the dove comes back with a leaf. Uh, so he knows that there is drying ground, and then he sends them out again, and the bird never comes back, and he says, there was somewhere for it to land. And, uh, and then it gives us the amount of days, and I apologize, it's, it's in here, um, where the, uh, the ground was now dry. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse number 15, uh, verse number 13. And it came to pass in the 600th and first year, in the first month, and the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from all, off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, uh, the face of the ground was dry. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month was the earth dried, and God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wives, and his sons' wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth. Out of the ark, Noah built an ark. Uh, excuse me, an altar. In verse number twenty, they worshipped God. Look at verse twenty-one. I love the words of this. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, uh, the sacrifice. Uh, and the Lord said in his heart, "I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living." As I have done, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. Uh, so we see the covenant there as well. So we see uh, the basics of the story of Noah and the ark. And again, the detail of God, the plan, the organization of God. And His presence is what brings, brings the blessing. And like, just like His power that we talked about this morning, if you're absent in God's presence, you're absent in God's blessings. And uh, it's important to understand that our obedience and our faith will bring a blessing that no one else would get. Uh, but we've got to have God's presence in it, right? And, uh, and that's what Noah had. And Noah had God's presence, and the most came out of that as well. All right, any heresy in that message? Speak now. Okay, good. All right, very good. Uh, I'm going to pray and dismiss us. When we do, we'll have the uh, um, adults members please stay we're going to ask everybody else to leave uh katie will go take care of the kids and let the nursery workers come in as well and once we're all here and settled uh, we'll have a uh, brief uh, meeting
uh, here. And again, I know this, it's just, it's awkward. I know that, but I apologize. But if you're not a member, we do ask that you leave uh, for this meeting. Let's pray.